0: In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, the healing of the ten lepers draws our attention this morning. We we might be tempted to think that this text is about thankfulness, and to be sure, it is. It's one of the major themes that the words of Luke have for us, but there is much more for us in this gospel lesson. So let us, dear saints, walk together through the text. And consider what the Holy Spirit has placed there for our own instruction and joy. The text is there in your bulletin if you want to follow along. First, in Luke 17, verse 11, Luke tells us where Jesus and his disciples are. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. For eight chapters in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus has been on His way to Jerusalem. He's been steadily marching towards this holy city. And what's waiting Him there? His rejection, His scorn, His trials, His cross, our salvation... Jesus is, is going to Jerusalem, but on His way, he's, He passes between the border of Samaria and Galilee. They're entering a village. We don't know what it is from the text, an unknown village. And as so often happens, Jesus is called upon to help those that are in need. Verse 12, As He entered the village... He was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. These lepers would have been outside of the village because they weren't allowed to go inside. And notice how they stand at a distance. This too is, is a part of the laws regarding leprosy. The law of Moses. The, the lepers had, according to Leviticus, and you can read about these laws in Leviticus 14, the lepers had to stand outside the city. If anyone came near, they had to stand at a distance. And if someone was approaching them, they had to shout out, unclean, unclean, to warn the people not to come close. But these ten lepers had apparently heard of Jesus. And while they don't come close to Him, they do raise up their voices. And instead of crying out, unclean, unclean, they cry out in a prayer to Jesus. There's three things to to note about the words that, that these lepers speak. First, they know Jesus' name. Perhaps we can assume that this would have been common knowledge, especially among those people who were sick and had no chance really of getting better, that this man who's traveling around and he's able to heal anyone that he sees or touches, that the name of Jesus would have spread spread quickly and that they would have heard rumor of this man. Perhaps they, they heard that he was coming down and they went specifically to see him so that they could pray to him for mercy. The second thing is the, is the word that they use to to address Jesus. They say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. That word Master is really what, what Luke uses to translate the Hebrew word Rabbi or Teacher. And it's only in Luke. And, and this is the other thing about it. It's only ever found in the mouth of the Lord's disciples. Every other time that, that title is used, it's Peter or, or John or the disciples that, that, that say Master. But here these... These ten lepers are calling upon Jesus as the Master, as the Teacher, as the One who can heal them. So we have an indication already that these ten men have faith. And then the third thing, their prayer for mercy. Now this prayer, have mercy, would have been the common prayer of a beggar or someone in need to someone that could help them. If you were passing along the, the, the road and there was someone standing there on the side with their hand open, they would have said to you, Lord, have mercy. But more than that, in the scriptures, this prayer is most uh, is the prayer, the most common prayer addressed to our Lord. We should know this, anyways. There is a there are two prayers in the church. Every, every time the church gathers publicly to pray, we always pray two prayers. Among everything else that we do, there's two prayers that we always pray. And you know what they are, right? We pray the Lord's Prayer, and we pray the Kyrie. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. And that's exactly the prayer that these ten lepers are praying to Jesus. They're praying to Him, the Kyrie. And this, too, is another indication that they have faith. We're looking at this because it's going to be important at the end. They have faith, or at least they have a strong hope that Jesus can heal them of their terrible disease. Now Jesus hears their prayer, and He answers them. Verse 14. When He, Jesus, saw them... He said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus sends these men to the priests. This might be a bit of a mystery to us until we know the Old Testament background, which was this. Whenever someone had leprosy, they were declared unclean and had to be outside of the city. But if their leprosy went away, if they were healed, they could go into Jerusalem or or find a priest and they would show themselves to the priest and the priest would examine them. And if the priest found that the leprosy was gone, the priest would declare them to be clean. And at that declaration, they could enter back into the village, they could go back into their homes, they could come back into the temple and offer sacrifices. It was the priests who would declare to people to be clean. If, on the other hand, the priest found that there was still some leprosy clinging to their flesh somehow, the priest would send them away and they would continue to be unclean. So when Jesus sends these ten lepers to the priest, there's an implied promise there. The priest, after all, is the one who's going to declare them to be clean. So when Jesus says, go and show yourself to the priest, He's saying, you will be cleansed. You will be made whole. You will be healed. And that's exactly what happened. All ten of these men leave Jesus without being healed. But as they're going on their way, all ten of them are healed completely. The leprosy is gone from their body. Now it's at this point that our story really gets interesting. For while there were ten men who were suffering from leprosy, There are ten men who come and pray to Jesus the Kyrie that he would have mercy upon them. There's ten who in faith listen to the word of Jesus and then leave his presence to go and show themselves to the priest. And there's ten who are healed. There is only one who comes back to Jesus to thank him and to worship him. Verse 15. Then one of them when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And this man was a Samaritan. Now, there's a lot of things that we don't know here, a lot of things that I wish we could figure out. We know that this man who turned around was a Samaritan, but was he the only one who was a Samaritan and the rest of the nine were Jews? We don't know that. And what about the others? What did they do when they saw that they were healed? And why did they do it? Did the nine continue on their way to show themselves to the priest and be declared clean? Or did they, as soon as they were healed, run off to their homes? What did they do? We don't know these things, and I wish they did. All we know is that this one Samaritan leper came back to Jesus and fell at his feet and thanked him and worshipped him. And here's the rub of this text. Jesus expected them all to do the same thing. Verse 17. Jesus answered, We're not ten cleansed? Where are the nine was none of them found to return and give praise to God except for this foreigner. Now there's something interesting in the word that Jesus uses here. That word foreigner. This is the only time that that word appears in the entire New Testament. Uh, Foreigner. But it it was apparently a very famous word Which featured prominently in the life of the Jews at the time of Jesus. In fact, they've found the inscription that was above the door in the temple in Jerusalem. And and on that inscription, in Greek and in Latin, it uses this word: it says, No foreigner shall enter. (laughs) Right on the door to the temple. And that's the very word that Jesus uses. The foreigners who who couldn't go into the temple to offer sacrifice, this man who couldn't even go into the temple to show himself to the priest, this is the man that comes back and is received by Jesus. Perhaps this is a clue to why he comes back to Jesus. He couldn't go into the temple, but it doesn't matter to Jesus. Because he, again, expects all ten, all of them, to come back and to give thanks. The text is emphatic. Weren't ten cleansed? The nine, where are they? Now, we might say, as we're looking at the text, but Jesus, you yourself told them to go and show themselves to the priests. A- and now you expect them to, to not obey you, but to turn around and to come back and to say thank you? Yes, that's what He expects. And we see in this that there's, it's more than what our parents taught us when, they, when we were growing up and they taught us to be polite and to always say thank you. Jesus expects these lepers to fall down at His feet and to give Him praise. He expects that they would come back and worship Him. Now, if any other man, even an, another healer, were to, to, to send you to the temple and, and to say, go and show yourself to the priest, well, you would go and show yourself to the priest, and that would, that would be it. But Jesus has a different expectation. He is not a normal man. He is God in the flesh. He's in our flesh. He's in your flesh. He's in these lepers' flesh. But He is God there, and He expects thanksgiving and praise and worship. This, in fact, is what Jesus commends in the the last words of our reading. He said to him, verse 19, Rise, stand up, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Better, your faith has saved you. Again, we want to say to Jesus, but didn't all the others have faith as well? After all, they called you master. They went to go see the priests at your word. They were healed. But there's a difference, and this is the point of the text. There's a difference between the faith of the nine and the faith of this one. For this man acknowledges Jesus as God, as his Savior, as the giver of every good gift. And he, by that faith, is saved we have to acknowledge that everyone christian non-christian believer unbeliever that everyone has faith in something or other and so we have to be careful when we talk about faith we're saved by faith we say well yes but we're not saved by our by our faith in the rockies to make a playoff run We're not saved in our our faith in in a cup of coffee in the afternoon to keep us awake. We We are saved by a very specific faith. We are saved by faith in Jesus, in His promise of forgiveness, in His blood which covers our sins. In fact, in fact, it is not even enough to say that we have faith in God if by God we mean something other than God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, if by God we mean something other than our Lord Jesus died on the cross and risen from the grave and and, and coming to us in his word and in his body and blood from his altar. For faith is nothing apart from its object the thing that it believes in, and the thing that it trusts. It is not, after all, faith that saves you, but Jesus. Jesus is the one that saves. Jesus is the one that heals. Jesus is the one that rescues. Jesus is the one that forgives you all your sins. Jesus is the one that loves you and calls you to be His own. He declares you clean and holy. It's your Jesus and none other who does all of these things. And faith True saving faith clings to Him and to Him alone. True faith trusts Him and thanks Him for all of His benefits. True saving faith worships Jesus and receives from Him all good in this life and in the life to come. And that, dear saints, is what this text is about. It's about Jesus, who is God in our flesh, who is the object of our faith, of our thanks and our worship. The Holy Spirit has granted you this faith so that we this day join with the leprous Samaritan and we give thanks to God in Christ. And so we too are comforted with these words of our Lord Jesus, who says to Him and to us, Rise and go your way. Your faith has saved you. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.